Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Starting in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hey, everyone. Dave. Hey. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with Good Thing, and Craig does that, so Craig's gonna Good Thing. Um, I'm sorry to bring up a technical issue, but I didn't hear Tori. She sort of cut off there. That's fine. She's recording herself. herself. Okay. As as long as Audacity. uh, It also cut out. I think she just didn't quite hit her noise gate, but uh, that's not Good Thing, and we're doing Good Thing now, so Craig, (laughs) do Good Thing. Wait, the noise gate could be a Good Thing from some of the sounds that we have. Anyway, um, yeah, this week, (laughs) this... Uh, I have a board game for you guys, um, getting back into board games with my friends. So this week, uh, it came out, let this, sorry, it came out in 2022. The game is called Heat. It is a racing game. Now, before you tune out, because maybe you're not into racing games, um, let me try to sell you on this. So it's in the vein of something like Formula D, if you happen to play that, but the idea is that you are- I love Formula D. Yeah, Formula. So you're controlling a... Sorry, time out. Dude, you... you Actually, you should join us. I played with, with Steve on Tabletop, so next is, time we play, I'll, I'll shoot you a message. Was but, that um, the racing game that we played on uh, on that one website no. whose name is gone now? Uh, Board Game Arena. That That's is the not the... One. What was that one? Uh, get the name of that. I'll have to look it up. I'm not certain right now. Um, so Formula D, I would say Heat is closer to. So the idea is that you're controlling a racing car uh, going around a track. I mean, the same as the one we played on BGA, of course. But the way to move around the track is in cards. So this is a card-based game. Uh, in this case, everyone at the table has the same exact deck of cards. Uh, I mean, so it's can... not like Mealborn. Right. Which is a um, racing card game. So... You start out with the same collection, but the idea, of course, is how you play those cards. And the most interesting part is the heat mechanic. Uh, It's a specific card called heat. Uh, Essentially, you're just pushing your car over its limits and you're causing stress to build up, Um, which is bad because, you know, uh, your car can only handle so much. So it's sort of a balance of how much you do that. So maybe you shift into a higher gear faster than others, which accumulates heat, or you push your car a little bit longer on a certain stretch, which could cause heat, or you take the curve a little too fast, which causes a little bit of heat. Um, if you take too much heat, you start uh, spinning out, and it's it's really bad. But if you can balance it, ride that line, you can get pretty fast. Now, the neat thing about this game like I said, all the players start with the same hand of cards, so it's, it's very balanced in that respect. It's not like someone has uh, more luck on their side because of, of what they happen to roll. That would be Formula D, or in the game that we played, uh, Mike, where you're just drawing random dice. Like This one is much more balanced than that, plus it has a really good catch-up mechanic in that a person in last place gets a little bit more advantages on their side to help them uh get back up oh, they to the get pack. a star so, or a lightning bolt so, so so sort of the problem with formula d is that once someone falls behind they're behind the rest of the game and you don't want to like sit there for a half hour when you know you have lost so uh heat is very good about keeping it nice and competitive so it's fun it's it shouldn't be meant to be taken seriously of course because there's a game um but just for an example the last time i played uh the guy 
who happened to be in last place, like, for the whole entire race, he's the one who won. Like, he actually spun out, like, which I told you is a bad thing because he accumulated too much heat. He spun out, like, halfway through, sometime during the first lap, and he still managed to come back and pull off a win at the end. So, it's really nice. It's a nail-biter to the very end. It's pretty good. Uh, I do recommend it. If you happen to have Tabletop Sim or something, you could take, take a look, see how it is. Um... I might be purchasing it in person just because I think it would be fun to, to play with friends. We already like Formula D, so might as well play Heat and see how that goes. So, yeah, cool. So this sounds like a not great recreation of the 1995 crime thriller Heat directed by Michael Mann, <laughs> starring Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer, and John Voight. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was via basketball. <laughs> well, there you go. All right, uh, I guess it's Dave's turn to do a good thing now. As soon as he gets his jacket on and sits back down. Ah, oh, Mr. Rogers. The old Mr. Rogers. As soon as he figures out where his arm goes in his sleep. Inside out. <laughs> hey. Hey, <laughs> I listeners. I can't believe people think this show is slow-paced. Hey, listeners. <laughs> if, if you want to watch Dave get up during a recording and awkwardly try to put a... Uh, what is that, a hoodie? Awkwardly try to put a hoodie on uh, while we're recording, you can do that. How, do, how does someone do that, Tori? Oh, well, you'd have to visit patreon.com slash CosmereCast to get a link to our Discord server. And from there, uh, join in on our recordings and you can watch Dave do the... Th well, you have to be a patron, but you can join yeah. our Discord without, without giving us any money. Yes, that is correct. But if but you're right a patron, now... you also get to uh, access patron-exclusive content where we talk about things that are not related to the Cosmere. That, that is true, but right now Allegedly. it's Dave's good thing. Allegedly not related to the Cosmere. I think Allegedly. Dave right now is irritated that I haven't put out our Gremlins Ode yet, which I'm also irritated at me for not doing that. I am. Are you? You should be. You're just waiting till next Christmas, Mike. It's fine. <laughs> uh, my good thing this week is Little Nemo the Dream Master. <laughs> what a great game that was. Are we doing this again? Because uh, I can do this again. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, it's a an NES game that was based on a cartoon that was based on a comic, except I think I got the order backwards. I think the game may have come first. No, the comic's from, like, the 30s. Okay, comic's first. And then I think there was an anime, and then there's a Nintendo game, and then there's a Disney movie based on the Nintendo game. And, yeah, it's if you've never played it, it's just this phenomenal game for the NES. Um, it's like a pre-Kirby where you you are a little boy in pajamas exploring the dream world uh and it doesn't poop and you uh <laughs> no there's there's no pooping i don't think anywhere in the game but you know what it's been a while i may be misremembering that uh you can throw candy at at monsters to turn them into friends and they you ride around on them and they have special powers and great you, music too great music mm -hmm. true very hard game like it's yeah, like the first couple, like the first stage is pretty easy. The second stage, it's like a little tricky. The third stage is like an auto scroller with a really hard part with spikes and stuff. It's a Capcom game, by the way, but it doesn't really play a whole lot like a Capcom game until you get to the final stage. Where I just imagine everyone at Capcom sitting around a table and they're like, "All right, we're making this like really cool, unique game." Little Nemo, the Dream Master, but like we got to do something great for the final stage. What should we do great for the final stage? And then someone was just like, "Let's make it a Capcom game." <laughs> so yeah, the last stage is more like Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, the final boss kind of reminds me of the the boss from Bionic Commando, another Capcom game, but just in the way that it kind of like like shifts in and off screen and shoots stuff. And it's a Capcom game. Well, in the NES days, that just means made to suck quarters out in an arcade machine. Even though it was on NES. Well, they, they built games from an arcade perspective. Even Street Fighter? <laughs> no, Street Fighter was exclusively for, for home audio. That's why they got rid of a live system, you know? Who? Yeah. Uh, so I think that covers Dave's good thing, unless you had more. Go check out the music. Yeah, check out the music. Good music. Little Nemo, the Dream Master. Not to be confused with Finding Nemo... The Fishmaster. Or Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Or him. Or wasn't wasn't Captain Nemo also in uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Do you guys remember yeah. that movie? Yeah. That's not my good thing. I no. wish I didn't remember it. Wait. It, was, uh, <laughs> it was based on yeah. a comic. It was based on a comic based on a bunch of classic British literature. I wish I never saw it. There you go. That's the one. Uh, all right. So my good thing this week is uh, I got to join in on a movie night on another discord and it was a lot of fun and we watched dracula 2000 and you're on another discord server yeah do you have a secret discord family no i'm on a bunch (laughs) of discord servers because discord oh he's he's very public about his discord families dave my my main discord has is overtaking twitter especially since twitter could be dead by the time this episode comes out who knows i honest to god thought it was dying by like christmas last year good job elon it didn't die and i don't know how anyway uh, we watched Dracula 2000 and Plane, and you may be surprised which of those two movies was the good one. Wait, really? Airplane? Plane was terrible. Plane was, like, honestly kind of boring. So Dracula 2000 was the good one. Dracula 2000 was great. Dracula okay. 2000 had a a bad CGI wolf that exploded into bats when it got shot. Like a video game. <laughs> it was incredible. And it also played a little bit with, like, the, the, the vampire mythos, so it added some cool stuff. Dracula 2000, can recommend. Good, fun movie. Wait, was it a, was it a vampire movie or a werewolf? Vampire <laughs> movie. It could have been, like, that Jermaine Clement vampire movie that had Reese Darby as the best character, just like he's the best character in everything he's in, or it which could have includes been, the two things that he's in. Or it could have been, like, Van Helsing, where it was a vampire versus werewolf movie at the end, and it was real dumb. <laughs> But it wasn't. Oh, Underworld. Got it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Tori's turn now. What's what's your good thing this week, Tori? Oh, well, uh, because I am basic, and you know this about me, um, I'm going to go with um, The Legend of Vox Machina, which is on Prime. So it's um, basically they made an anime out of Critical Role, which is a D&D game. And it's very obviously somebody's D&D game when you're watching the anime. Um it, in fact, the other day I was watching the latest episode with a friend and I was like, it shouldn't have taken her a full round to do that action. And it was, um, <laughs> but it's, um, uh, it's, it's fun. It's a fun fantasy story. Um, maybe she readied an action and didn't tell the audience. Is that okay? Well, that's okay. But like it, it took, she was like, guys, distract him while I do something, and then did a cool action. And I was like, it should not have taken a full round for that to happen. Like, mm-hmm. anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, it's a cute story, and the the characters are very fun. And um, yeah, I recommend. Cool. Uh, so, Dave, I see in your notes that we're playing some Nintendo sixty four this. Week. Yeah, we're doing some chapters Nintendo sixty to chapter Nintendo four of Rhythm of War. 
Hey, on that topic, did Brandon you guys Anderson. Did you guys know that Goldeneye got a re-release? No. Without online multiplayer, yes. Yeah. Doesn't Nintendo own exclusive rights to the online multiplayer? I think I think so Goldeneye. through through their like terrible online service. Through through their hey, we have a reasonable $10 a year online service and this ridiculous gougy $50 a year online service if you want to play in 64. There's a baby on camera, you guys. Well, there was, but Craig's that's, giant head that's got That's Craig's in the way. wife. Oh, there's the baby. Hi, baby on She's camera. She's Craig's wife's backpack. Oh, hi, baby. I'll move my hand so it's closer to the camera. So you... Okay, that was our baby break. And that's the end of chapter 59. Oh, no. Let's talk about chapter 60. <laughs> chapter 60 of Rhythm of War by Brandon Sanderson. Isn't it weird how, like, Nintendo kind of usurped the number 64 in our in our conscience? Conscious? Conscious? Nintendo sure, also like, kind of owned the word Super for, for a real long time. <laughs> also true, yes. What about Superman? Or yeah, Superman Super 64. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Superman exists. <laughs> that's that. <laughs> that Superman 64 does not exist. <laughs> Can I pay $50 a year to play Superman 64 on my Switch? I, I uh, was thinking more yet, like... if you wait long enough. Yeah, I was I was uh, just thinking like there's Superman one and Superman two and you keep waiting and they probably made that many Supermans by now. All right, chapter sixty. S I. Hey, Relaine, remember Venley? She's back in Envoy form. All right, quick question about the <laughs> Simpsons gag that you're referencing. Were Pogs <laughs> still a thing at that? I don't remember how long Pogs lasted. I remember being in okay. Pogs at the time. I can tell you when I was in the Pogs. It was when I was 13 years old, so therefore it was 95, 96. But I think it died out within like three, four years. So by like 2000, it already people moved on. Of course, when was the All gag? Right, by, what episode is that from? By this scene, by this gag, this is from Bart sells his soul. I'm pretty sure Pogs had been died out, like had died out well before this gag. But the other Simpsons Pog gag may have been more relevant. Uh, Bart sells his soul is 95. It's from 95, so Pogs were big at the time. Well, Pogs were big Alf for you. Alf was not. Craig. Alf was always big. Dude, I went to a Pog competition at, like, Knott's Berry Farms or something. That's how I actually <laughs> learned about Pogs in the first place. When Did I was you stop by a blockbuster and make a, and make a collect call from a payphone? <laughs> All things that don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> so let's explain for the kids who listen to our podcast. Let's not. No. Well, he didn't have to make a collect call because he left uh, an elaborate explanation on his answering machine. Ten ten two twenty. Set up his. Uh, he set up his VCR to record The Simpsons while he was away. And my VCR showed the correct time. Take that. <laughs> blinky blinky. All right, let's move on. That's one bullet point. Let's <laughs> we're, we're speed run today. Yeah. Let's there, go. there was another Pog reference in The Simpsons, which I think predated that episode, where Bart goes to the comic book guy to buy the Bleeding Comes Murphy album after he dies, and he has to choose between buying the Steve Allen Pog. Hey, Verlaine uh, <laughs> and Venley meet up. He's in jail. Venley send the jailer away so she can talk to Verlaine. But Venley sees a void sprint in the shape of a Kremlin. Wait a second. Relaine doesn't want to serve Odium. Relaine needs to show Hesinas. Venley is being a scaredy cat. But Relaine yells, Get me out! 
Next scene, Leshri is inspecting Dalinar's underwear, trying to determine just how tight his butt truly is. Marizi wants to rent the oath gates from Rebonial. I wonder what's in the pouch. I wonder what Marizi's gift is. Hey, Lift isn't a dirty creature. Okay, yeah, never mind. The Lifelight Archives. I will seek freedom for those in bondage. Just don't tell my mom. Alright, Craig. Hey, what's up? How's you read this chapter, right? I actually did. I, I did read it. You read I was last week. I was gonna play and, and pretend I didn't, but I did. Cause I'm a good podcaster. Um, you fessed up last week. You read ahead, and I assume that meant true. you read ahead by at least one chapter. I, I was ahead by actually three chapters. So this week I had very little to do. Oh, you um, get the next two then. Dang it! Why did I admit? What am I doing? Uh, Venly actually talks to Verlaine in this chapter. Like, hey, it's it's Verlaine. In Pogfor. Actually, yeah, Venli is the one in Ambifor. Uh, so he did not... I think he was going to try to play Spy, but uh, it did not work. So they sort of figured him out to be a sympathizer because everybody in the tower recognizes Relaine. Mm-hmm. So that's... that's. I mean, that's good. He, he thought... What is Relaine in? Is he in work form or war form? He's in war form now. Since I actually being Relaine, he, sure. he chose war form. Um, yeah. So, uh, where are we? Venly sends the jailer away so she, so she can talk to Verlaine. Uh, Venly sees a void. Did she see a void spring in the shape of a Kremlin? Yep. She did. She claims she claims to have seen a void spring in the shape of the Kremlin, but I, I'm suspicious that it might not be a void spring. Uh, yes, yeah, true. She that. sees uh, what she believes to be a void spring in a Kremlin. Now, what Dave is referring to. Not, here, not in the shape of a Kremlin, it's actually like inside the body of a Kremlin. Right. So what Dave is referring here or to here is that sometimes void spread can be Kremlings, and there's no other explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um. So moving and on. No, no creatures other than spread have a presence in the cognitive realm. So they have a, a conversation. Uh, Verlaine, of course, doesn't have any want anything to do with Odium, um, but he does want to pass along the message to Hasina. Okay. And hang on. So Relaine starts out trying to be like neutral, like you know what I'm I'm not I'm not taking a side on this whole odium honor thing, and then by the by the end of like three sentences later he's like f odium on, honor all the time humans baby. <laughs> uh, like I said, he he wasn't able to lay low for very long. He's not a light weaver. No. All right. Which, uh, would make sense if he's in war form because it's a very direct. You don't untie a knot, you cut a knot form. Next section. <laughs> what? So, unfortunately, what? I had to put down my headphones, so I missed these bullet points. Did you actually read these? <laughs> the chapters? No, I write the bullet points first, then I read the chapters. <laughs> no, did you read these <laughs> to our listeners? Yeah. Yes. Leshwi is inspecting Dalinar, Dalinar's underwear, trying to determine just how tight his butt truly is. <laughs> Why else would she be doing it? <laughs> oh man, I didn't expect to walk in on this. Um, okay, so Venley has a conversation with uh, uh, Raboni. Wait, Ra- how do you say her name? You got it. How do you say her Ray. name, Craig? Let us know. <laughs> I- I'm paranoid now. Is it Rabonial? You yes. got it. You're okay. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. I just never. I don't trust myself. You know. Um, they're, they're in Dalinar's former rooms, which is probably why she's rooting through the underwear. And Marisi's there. And Marisi has a special surprise under a, uh, under a blanket in a cage. It's a lift. He also has a pouch with something that clinked. And 
Uh, and when Rebonio looks inside the pouch, it, the, her rhythm kind of stops for a moment, but that might just like her reaction. I don't know if it has what's actually in the pouch. But uh, Marizi says that that's a down payment for uh, passage through the Oath Gates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so Marizi trying to get access to the Oath Gates. Ah. Uh. Or at least, not maybe not necessarily he needs access to Oath Gates, but he wants passage. All right, imagine. real quick question for Dave. What's in that pouch? What's in the box? Uh, cadmium cube. I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> Craig, it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head in the box. We all know that. That's not a mystery. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, but but Dave, yeah, what's what's in that pouch? I tried to think about it, but I failed. Okay. Yeah, I guess I might have some kind of like like a cadmium cube and some cadmium like we saw in Era 2. You know, not cadmium. Um, Nicrosil. The little Nicrosil. Not Nicrosil. You mean et metal? Are you trying to get to et metal? No, just one of the sixteen. Cadmium and nicrosol are the ones that wax and morassi. Oh wait, yeah. What are those other? Ones? Are Are you thinking of Wayne and morassi, and one of them is going to be Bendeloy? Yeah. So I do mean nicrosol. They're cadmium and Bendeloy. So this is nicrosol. So yeah, I think it's they're little the little nicrosol cubes that uh, that the the ghost bloods on the train you that book where nothing happened other than that one train scene shadows of and self the <laughs> shadows of self that book that was like half a book of nothing except they had a train ride they go to a hotel <laughs> they trash it it's great and there's nope. a train ride nope that was in uh that was in book three gosh dang it that was in bands of warning the hotel the hotel scene Wait. was bands of mourning and i love it when when was the train with the nicrosil cube then i'm still despite us rereading i'm still confusing shadows of self and bands of mourning <laughs> nice i don't actually i don't think you've ever actually confirmed that they're nicrosil but i've just said that the ones that's that suck the investiture out of people the alimantic grenades yeah, yeah that that no. is nicrosil yeah. right i i thought they were actually made of at metal at least partially and I think then they, and then you burn whatever metal while you're holding it. Uh, yeah, so they have, like, a necrosil person. No, it's not necrosil. It's chromium. Necrosil is the enhanced one. That's the burst. Chromium is the one that wipes. Right. Bendeloy and cadmium. Chromium and necrosil. So it was the one I said the first time. And then we had a 20-minute discussion about how I was right. Uh, I mean, don't I you always want to have that kind of conversation? <laughs> All right. All right, moving on. Uh, well, oh. That's what... So that's my question. That's yeah. what I think's in the cube, something like that. It's in the cube itself. In the no, in the satchel. All right. So Lyft is in the cage, and Marizi has delivered her, and the thing in the pouch as well. That's part of the payment. And then he leaves. He's able to go away. Um, and then Venli also leaves around this point, and she tries to secretly swear her next ideal because she knows the words, so she actually says it, and it is rejected. Because she left Lyft in bondage. These words are not accepted. She said the words, but she didn't mean the words. But she did get Relaine moved from a bad cage to a better cage, i.e. her room. Uh, Wink, wink. Which is is like seeking freedom. She moved him to a slightly (laughs) bigger cage while leaving a a helpless teenage girl in a cage. Yeah, it's perfect. She did it. (laughs) She did it. Yeah, anyway, she did, a little, she did a little bit, but her motivation was selfish. Yeah, she she needs to work harder if she wants to swear an ideal here. And then we also get to hear about Life Light. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what did we what learn Marizzi, about Life Light? We learned that Lyft uses Life Light to fuel her powers instead of Stormlight. And that and Marizzi knows that 
cultivation. Uh, personally, gave Lyft this ability, and he's like, hey, if you ever find cultivation, ask her why she made this radiant that uses lifelight instead of stormlight. And I guess lifelight is pancakes. Well, it's any food. She just converts food into investiture. No, it's just pancake. <laughs> and pancakes are the investiture richest food. I wonder if, like, sugar has more investiture in it than, say, broccoli. Like it's a calorie thing? Um, I think that makes sense. Because energy and investiture can actually be converted. Well, not directly, but the math is By there. lift, it can. But true. Let's see. So pancakes with lots of syrup. All right, chapter 61, oil and water. Kaladin, report. Rushu, waste time. Power glove guy, sneak the glove out. <laughs> Rabonial seems mad at Navani for some reason. Sundancer used to break some sort of shield or bubble while I wasn't fully paying attention. Stormlight plus lifelight equals tower light. Emulsifier light? Light is both a particle and a wave. All right, great. Wow. What happened? All right, well, this is a Navani perspective because she's talking to Calden at the very beginning. Eat the garnet uh, line through the tower. And... You know, they're, they're, they're getting a status of, of what happened with the Kaladin protecting the tower and having to destroy the, the first, um, what are we calling it again? Noodle shard something? Noodles. I forget what we call it. Noodle. Just, Just the noodle. noodle. Okay. Yeah, that. Um, and then he's, of course, complaining that he can't fly or anything. It's like, oh, woe is me. I have to climb around. Boo-hoo. So Navani's like, I might have an idea to help you with that. Navani's like, what if I gave you a really bad thing? <laughs> it's so bad what What if i gave you the worst tool we've come up with <laughs> but it's the, it's only, the only tool it's they've cool. come up with so here we are i was um, thinking it when they when they go into the next chapter or whenever it is they talk about it it actually it more reminded me of like what's that magnet glove from the oracle games you know oh. like the magnet glove yeah i've been from oracle magnet seasons i've been playing breath Hook of the wild magnet. so it's just magnesis <laughs> <laughs> from uh, Oracle of Ages and or season, there was, instead of having a hookshot, they had this glove. Basic Fabriel. Oh, that'd be cool uh, for Breath of the Wild, too. Like, a Magnesis hookshot. Existence? Anyway, um, so... Okay, Hello yes, and welcome to the Breath of the Wild 2 <laughs> Deep Dive Podcast. <laughs> Alright, so Navani's gonna have Rushu waste time again, because that's what they're doing. That's the plan, is waste as much time as possible and not get anything done. Mm-hmm. Uh... Still really. a conjurer, by the way. Still a conjurer. Uh, I'm trying to remember what else happened in this chapter, because I'm actually drawing a little bit of a blank. I, I think they're testing the shield. I remember them doing something to the shield with one of the shard blades. It, like, repairs itself rather than just blocks it, if, if I recall correctly. What shield are they talking about? The shield around the pillar. Like, there's a... The, the pillar itself that uh, Rabonio was trying to, like, turn into an unmade had a shield come up around it when they activated the sibling's protection thing. So it has a shield that's blocking Rabonial and any other fuse from interacting with it. That's the mm. shield. A ra- but, that's the thing that the noodles generate. A random yeah. singer well, yeah. who happened to have um, Elokar's Elokar. old blade was like, Hey, Navani, look, at mm. I've got your son's blade. And well, he they tried didn't to know. cut into the shield. Uh, she claims not to know. It... <sighs> Rabonio's reaction is legit that she did not mean, or maybe maybe she miscalculated in her psychologically, but she seems legit that that uh, she went too far. Uh, um, that was my interpretation that Rabonio reacted like, oh, 
I didn't really mean to do it that way. Uh, so apparently the shield um, uses the transformation, not shard. Everything's a shard, but this isn't a shard. Surge. Someone help me out here. here Surge. Uh, uses the transformation <laughs> surge to turn air into glass just constant, which is baffling to Navani. She has no idea how this works, but she wants to, because that's how Navani do. And Raboniel knows that's how Navani do, and he's trying to entice her with science. Yeah. Oh, and uh, apparently the singers and the fuse just don't know what an emulsifier is, which means that they have never had mayonnaise. That is so sad. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. no one knows what birds are. Why would they know? They, they know what birds are. They're they have chickens. chickens. <laughs> yeah. Why would Why would the singers uh, actually know? when um when Venley notices Marizzi's bird, she specifically says she she doesn't call it a chicken, which I thought was kind of, I was pretty impressed that she understands that a parrot is not a chicken. Whereas most of the humans could not make that distinguishment <laughs> distinction or distinguishment. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't think because the, the singers, well, the listeners themselves didn't really interact with humans until recently. Uh, and back when the fuse would have been around, they just were at war all the time. So like they really had no reason to like, so, so chickens, the reason humans, the different like kingdoms know about, chickens is because of trade like they trade with the shin the shin of course like chicken because of the meat and probably for the eggs so yeah it's right. like that's the one so, that's, that's okay. traded around if they don't have chicken then they don't have eggs which means they don't have egg salad which means they don't they never had a need to invent mayonnaise yeah exactly we figured it out mm. man or ima- chicken salad. imagine all that dry tuna that they've been eating this whole time yum you know, Maybe they probably just grade. eat crab, dude. They don't Maybe eat... they had some, like, spicy mustard. The seafood or... they eat is all crab, although you I can, don't... You can do I... you can do mayonnaise on crab cakes. I mean, tartar sauce is mostly mayonnaise. Yeah. All right, so there's a, a little bit of um, science-y discussion that's happening uh, after that, trying to, like, show how the shield works. Uh, and we get to learn that storm light plus life light equals tower light, which is the light that the tower itself needs to make. And storm light plus storm dark equals emulsifier light or void light, not storm dark. I think storm dark well, is void, just something void I call light it. is odium's light. So yes, so there. That's that's why it's emulsifier light because it mixes two things to be mixed. All right, now we need a Venn diagram. Draw three circles: void light, storm light, tower light, and fill in the intersection. Tell us what they're all called. So what you're saying, Dave, is. That's what you're going to put in Dave art or Dave theories at some point. If I remember. <laughs> at least it's not like 16 different metals this time. This is a little bit easier. Yeah, it's only seven things. And four of them are given to me. And one of them I've already made up. All right. And then Navani has decided she needs to study more about light. And she's going to solve all the things. Go, Navani, you know. go. All right. It's both a particle and a wave. True facts. All right. Chapter 62. Trapper Keeper of Form. Eight years ago. Yeah, like the Dane's World thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's... I didn't make this, so I don't think it's going to come through on the recording. Oh, it absolutely won't, and it's way funnier to me because of it. <laughs> <laughs> Doodle-a-doo. Alright. Uh, I contemplates the ethical implications of a Pokeball. Venley figured out some stuff. The humans expected the Parshendi to act like a kingdom. Fenley is being kind of a jerk. Yaxlim doesn't remember some stuff. 
Yaxla must volunteer for science. Keeper of forms. Violent singing. All right, Craig, this is your last homework. All right, eight years ago, we have Eshonai having a flashback. And uh, at this point, uh, Venli has returned. Uh, Hold on. As you guys... If Eshonai is having a flashback eight years ago, when's the flashback? Eight yeah, years ago. A flashback take... So she had a flashback of mere moments ago? <laughs> eight years ago, she had a flashback of mere moments ago. <laughs> All right. Um, Understood. Anyway, uh, so they, 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 uh, okay, so last time we saw Venli, she went and uh, mixed up with uh, Ulim, and so she's acting a little bit weird now, but she claims that she knows how to make war form. They have a pain sprint in in a gem, which she has cut and shaped, which she claims she learned it from watching the humans, so... Therefore, she's ready to go. They can make a war form from it, and yeah, they're looking and for she's, volunteers. She's pretty haughty about it. Eshenai's like, how did you learn to cut gems like that? And Venali's like, it was easy, <laughs> stupid, duh. Yep. We've already seen this Venli and how she acts, because we, we've we've caught this. Um, wasn't it uh, Words of Radiance that we actually saw like a little back and forth between them? Like This this is that Venli that we're seeing the, the creation of now. So um, anyway... What form is she in? Void form? She's still in work form, I believe. But we I don't mean, know. Ulan tells her to pretend she's in form. Yeah, she pretends she's in work form. So we, at this point, don't know what her actual... Um, anyway. Yeah, so mm-hmm. so she's absolutely a bit of a jerk here. And meanwhile, with uh, discussions with the human kingdom, they expect the what they call Prashendi, which would be, as we know, the listener, to also be one unified kingdom. And of course, they are not willing to hear that this is something different because yeah. Gavilar doesn't is totally one unified kingdom, you guys. At this point, well, yeah. At this yep. point, it technically is, but... Gavilar's like, I want to make agreements with you, and I don't want to deal with anybody else, and I want yep. this to be binding for your entire people. So you're a kingdom. You're a kingdom, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a kingdom. Yeah, that sounds like Avalar. Anyway, uh, Yaxlim does... Sh- I mean, sh- she's forgetting certain things. I think, is this where she, like, pops up in the middle of, like, nowhere, and she doesn't remember why she's there? Yeah. Yeah, as first she addresses Eshenai, and she's like, Hey, I know you. And then Eshenai's like, Yeah, I'm your daughter. And then Yaxlim's like, Yeah, I know you're my daughter, Eshenai. How did I get here? Yeah. And then Eshenai's like, I don't know. Maybe you got bored and decided to take a walk. And Yaxlim's like, mm, I think something's really wrong with me. Maybe you should stop ignoring it, Eshenai. Yeah, so... Ven- I- Venley's been trying to tell you for a year now. Maybe before this point, I would be willing to believe that Eshenai didn't actually know how bad things were. But right now, by this scene, it's pretty clear to Eshenai that, that her mother is in trouble and needs help. Um, and, and Venli has just the solution. Venli has the solution of finding forms, and therefore it's like, well, maybe you're not just going to be keeper of songs, you will now be keeper of forms. Yeah, who needs a song to tell you about all the forms when you have the knowledge of Maybe you can write a new song afterward, I don't know. So, we'll see what happens. Only good things. Yeah, yeah. and then Venli's all smug about it, and Eshenai's like, was she, like, violently smug and, like, off her rhythms? No. Don't be paranoid. You're just being jealous. Don't let jealousy tear your family apart. She's as definitely that's not what singing a, would do. a slightly different song. Definitely as, not. As we know, everything turns out great, and there certainly isn't one left who's famous for being the. No, they all survive. 
they all have new forms. In this some will be form great. or another, yeah. Yeah. All right. Chapter 63. They discovered Squand. What? Dabid. What does that mean? You know Squand? No. Well, it's like dry. It's like sand, right? When it's dry. But then when you dip it under water, uh, then it becomes like clay and malleable. It's it's from the makers of Gak, I believe. Ah, uh, okay. It's one of them like Nickelodeon like slime products from the 90s. <laughs> Let's not go down this path again. Let's let's move on. What path? Anyway, uh, yeah. So the bullet point, or not the bullet point, the epigraph mentions Squand, and I'm like, how did they get Squand on Roshar? But it becomes obvious when we get to chapter C4. All right. Dabid dropped off the power glove. Silfrena waxes philosophical. Nivani teaches Kaladin how to replace the ruby. Kaladin is a three-dimensional character. I bet Lyft would enjoy the glove. Sulfrena got bored. <laughs> she was like, if you're going to crash into a wall, can you at least make it funnier? I'm getting bored watching <laughs> you run, a, run back and forth down a hallway. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Dabid dropped off the power glove. Apparently, Navani entrusted the sibling to get this into Kaladin's hands, and Dabid's already delivered it. Like, I wonder if Dabid's actually already a bondsmith and then they just haven't told anyone i mean david can't tell anyone all right dave uh, i wonder i have i have I one guess. bullet point complaint uh uh why didn't you complain about how many batteries all these... it takes to run the power glove takes five one for each finger <laughs> <What>? <laughs> i think there's actually like 11 different gems in 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 the glove something like that well, there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of different there's five gloves, pairs there's also the batteries that are it's attached to the elevator shaft yep those are five yeah, giant batteries. It doesn't take five giant batteries. That's just how much they decided to allocate to using the glove. It doesn't. So doesn't what like you're saying that much. is we can double the amount of batteries and we get a longer life for the. What I'm saying is that the Game Gear used six AA batteries and ran for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> this isn't the Game Gear. <laughs> <laughs> this is the. I'm pretty, I don't even think the power glove you did it. Oh, maybe it, I never had one to go back and watch. Anyway, yeah, five batteries, five, and it has a dial where you select which battery you're. I wonder if there's a way, but there's also a hand crank to pull the batteries back up. That we're not. Yeah, you have to get back into the tower to like the the top floor of the tower to charge the batteries. We're not ever told that Kaladin did that after emptying one, but I bet he did. <laughs> I would hope that's what yeah. he does. Like, oh, I just spent all this time working. I better crank this up before I leave. Y- you guys you guys know that this is just building up to a montage where Kaladin's in the middle of a fight and, like, Dabid has to run up to the <laughs> bell tower and crank the thing. And it just keeps going back and forth with Kaladin, like, hanging in the air waiting to move and, like, Dabid trying to turn the crank. Yeah, it's this is gonna turn into a, this is montage material right here. I mean, that uh, so. that feels a lot like Spider-Man forgetting it to change out his web cartridge mid-swing. <laughs> <laughs> so Spider-Man with web cartridges is like a wizard, and Spider-Man with organic web-slinging power, like a sorcerer. Yeah, because like the wizard can like basically prepare as many spells as they want in scrolls like ahead of time. And there's not really a limit to how many they can cast as long as they're well prepared. And Spider-Man, Spider-Man with a Venom symbiote is a warlock. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but it's not like they're going to have all the, like, different types of Spider-Man all meeting like yeah, that. Yeah, no, that won't happen. All right. So they're practicing. I mean, Kaladin's practicing, learns about batteries. Uh, and, you know, Navani purposely gave him the power gloves so that he could go up and down the tower, you know, so that he could switch floors quickly. But he's like... She said, "She said I could go whatever direction I point my arm, so I'm gonna practice going horizontally." And, I mean, you know, honestly, into a wall breaks his hand and like jams jams the part where he has to squeeze to keep the power on, so that like his has to hit the emergency shutoff switch. Yeah, this it's this was fun. the one safety th- feature that Navani insisted be included was that. <laughs> I, I still uh, think legit that this was a good idea compared to like going up and down. Like you need practice. The safest way to practice is going fast, you know, horizontally rather than vertically. Yes, he I smashed his hand. With, I disagree with Sulfrena. Kaladin breaking his hand was hilarious. <laughs> All right. Kaladin breaking his hand and then sitting there in agonizing pain for 10 minutes while the stormlight very slowly heals it. Maybe not. <laughs> it's one of you those, had, like, you, you had know, to be there. You see someone trip and fall, like, it's funny at first until you realize they're actually hurt. Then you're like, oh. Now I feel like a terrible person for laughing. Tori and I have a old friend. I don't know about her, but he frequently sends me compilation videos of... Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Daniel Tosh? You may hear it on the ring, but I didn't hear it. Tori said yes. <laughs> All right, keep going. Who's who's doing this chapter? Dave. We just did. We're done? He's, we pra- did he's glove practicing. Yeah, and I think David might already be a bondsmith. Wait, but how does he say the words? Oh, this is like Susabran, who can't use his awakenings because he doesn't have a tongue. But then did, how did how did they get around that? They give him a tongue later? Yes, they gave Susabran a tongue. Uh, they, he, they? they healed him. Light Song, remember? It that was, was like no. a, a big deal. There was did a he, whole like, plot didn't point. did Light Song die? The Light Song, oh yeah, he had to stick his tongue through the back of his head to, and be like his, I remember that. It was kind of like that Who's Line sketch where someone's behind you pretending to be your arms, only he was pretending to be his tongue. Yep, definitely. Dave definitely remembers <laughs> the end of Warbreaker, you guys. <laughs> but it just happened yesterday. I remember the part where Nightblood's like, hey, why don't you remember those statues you parked outside the palace? <laughs> oh, man. And then there's the part where... Uh, there's the part where Zahil and Azure... We're hanging out with Nightblood, and Nightblood's like, when are you guys going to kiss? <laughs> so, yeah, I remember part of the ending. I, I also remember the part where everything is going down, and there's chaos in the castle, and all hope is lost, and then Fafin shows up and saves the day. And we have ducks. Yes, there are ducks. Ducks are happening. MR ducks. A daisy duck and a slightly smaller daisy mm. duck, voiced by Tress McNeil. Okay, who you might know from every character in Futurama. Oh, Dave, I meant to send this to you, but now that I'm thinking about it, uh, a recent episode of My Brother, My Brother and Me mentioned David Wise, and I thought you might find that. I do, thank you. All right, uh, that's about it for Chapter 63. It's mostly Kaladin playing with his new toy. And also, well, there's a little bit of a conversation where Sulfrena says, uh, you know, I asked Dalinar to give me the ability to feel sad. And there's a whole, like, existential free will kind of thing going on there. And, and that's the end of chapter three. Kaladin drops a line. <clears throat> Kaladin drops a line in that conversation that uh, is extraordinarily relatable for depression, which is, I have to feel like this 
nobody else should be involved in that. I don't remember the exact line, but it's basically that. It's, I don't want anyone else to have to deal with this. I already have to deal with mm. Yeah. Well, he says something to the effect of, like, I can't deal with this myself. How am I supposed to help my friends deal with it? That may have been a different... Chapter 64. Personal reminder. So I know where the sand is from, but what's this chain thingy? That's from... Uh... Craig? Is it from Taldane? Not Taldane. That's the sand one. No, it's... Is it from Witches and Werewolves? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Threnody. <laughs> I knew it started with a T. Why do I call it Witches and Werewolves? <laughs> Because and, and we that understand. was that was the whole vibe <laughs> there. It was. The I vibe, mean, it's yeah. just they're ghosts, though. Not really. I mean, yeah, yeah. It did come up with a witches and werewolf theme. Okay, look, ghosts. look. It was a dark, foggy forest, and they used silver to fight the monsters. So <laughs> it is. That's true. That's probably the, the werewolf thing. Yeah. Yeah. And silence was kind of like. Uh, she was kind of like a witch, or her mom was. Or well, she was like a witch that used like her mom's ghost to like attack people. She was uh, like a thief bounty hunter hiding as a tavern owner. Okay, so the, ba- like the basic Samish. vibe of that world was the forest is very, very scary. If you go out into it alone, you will die. What's going to kill you? I don't know. Could be witches. Could be werewolves. Could be ghosts. <laughs> no one knows You're because you're dead. It could be the... It could be Paul Rubens' character. <laughs> but, like, that that whole vibe is, know. like, the basis for the Brothers Grimm fairy tale, right? They all take place in dark forests, yes. I mean, the, the basic breakdown of it is like, just don't go out into the woods, stupid. <laughs> well, I can't even think of why I cast Paul Rubens as that jerk, and I didn't even know that he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And anyway, oh man, when are we gonna talk about Stormlight Archive? I don't uh, know. So this chain thingy, there's a chain thingy that's a, that's I seems like something that would be from Threnody. All right, Mink says we can win this fight. Yasna joins a sympathy battle, kind of like how Adolin joined a sympathy prison. It's like, hey, my my friend's in prison. I'm gonna go to prison too with hot baths and someone to groom my hair every day. And Yasna's like. My people are going into battle. I'm going to go into battle with full shard plate and blade and radiant powers. Uh, Magnified ones can progression. Yasna needed some experience points, but then she used a cheat code anyway. Wit brings fruit and wisdom. In the final scene, seven hours later, loss and victory smell the same, but they sound different. Sleepless pen. Tied to car. What do you mean the ghost bloods aren't from Roshar? Okay, guys, Ivory is the best in this chapter. <laughs> he's pretty good. Because, like, every time Yasna says something stupid, he's like, he, he immediately drags her. Yep. Like He's like wit. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah, this is a great idea. You should definitely be hand-to-hand fighting people as a queen who is also a radiant. Yeah, but she can move any number of spaces she wants, as long as it's in the same direction and there aren't any pieces in the Yeah, way. it's true. You oh. want your queen on the board, for sure. But there and are, she's there acting like a pawn, on the board, Dave. She's not there are, acting like the queen. Pe- there are 30,000 pieces on the board, Dave. There's only 64 squares. Yeah. Look, she's like a level... chapter 64. She's like a level 16 wizard, and here she is acting like a fighter. She needs to get her weapon skill up, I think. Or she could just cast lightning. Call lightning. 
or cast turn the air into oil and set it on fire. Which she does, yes. It's a really fun <laughs> trick, though. I feel a little well, bit bad for her college. for her bodyguard, honor guard people, because they're like, quick, gotta get out, because, you know, then she sets everything on fire. Yeah, and they're also kind of, like, getting killed trying to protect her. Which we've seen from the Dalinar's flashbacks as well. It's, it's a very Alethi thing, isn't it? Oh, you know what? It, you know what? It's actually an Animaniacs thing. So Yasa <laughs> is Mandy, and uh, her honor guard is uh, Mitten. What's the dog's name? Mitten. You know, Mandy. You're, you're the expert, man. I don't know. And the dog kept getting beat up trying to keep Mandy safe because for some reason it was the dog's responsibility to take care of the child when her parents were neglecting her. It was Min. It wasn't Mandy. It was Mitten. Mindy and Muff Muttley. Moving on. Montana Mittens. Max. <laughs> Montana Max has money. The wrong Steven Spielberg cartoon. You're thinking of Freak as well. Uh, yeah, so anyway, her honor guard is getting beat up and killed all over the place because she's kind of in over her head and they have to protect her. I, I love how, like, at first she's anybody with a polearm until she falls and they just start wailing on her. Like, like oh, like, that's what they're for. Like, 80 people at once just start beating on her buttons Which? not mittens buttons and mindy apparently huh tress mcneil did the voice of mindy's mother and father or no that says frank welker tress mcneil did the voice of mindy's mother can her okay back to the show uh so yasna goes out and fights and it's real dumb and everyone she spoke to about it was very supportive for some reason despite it very obviously being dumb ivory is the only intelligent person in this scene because he's dragging Yasna for doing dumb stuff. He's sort of like the only one who can call her out on it, though. Yeah. Uh, and then after the battle, Wit's like, hey, have some fruit. And Yasna's like, yes, thank you. I will have some fruit. And then Wit's like, oh, by the way, uh, our pen isn't a pen, and they know everything. <laughs> yeah, the sleepless know everything. I don't know who Ty Dakar is. I think that might be one of the sleepless that Wit knows. And <laughs> no. Apparently- is he a ghost blood? He's a ghost blood. There you go. Yeah. All right. There are two mystery names that you've heard a few times uh, throughout these four books. They are Thydekar and Rastaris. Oh, I know who Rastaris is. Do you? Uh, yeah. That's Vasher. <laughs> I'm waiting to hear this one. Okay. No, you... Hang on. I've... No. I've talked about Rastaris before. That name sounds familiar. That's because that's Shalad's thing. Remember? Oh, wait. She was tasked by the Ghostbloods to go talk to Rastaris or something? Yeah, that's right. That's where I heard it. Uh, I think Rastaris is just another name for Wit. I believe they were both mentioned by Gavilar back in prologue of Way of Kings. People he thought was trying to kill him. So essentially, the first two chapters of of Way of Kings, you just have to constantly reread. Because everything you need to know are in those first two chapters. Oh, okay. Do that. So... Oh, uh, this is the scene where I didn't. I don't know if it was really confirmed or obvious before that Wit and Yasna were romantically involved. Like it seemed kind of hinted at maybe that was a thing, but in this chapter, they actually do seem to be endeared to one another. Uh, I thought we got direct confirmation that Yasna was exchanging sex for information earlier. I, don't I thought that was recall a thing. No, that. no. No? No. Am I making stuff up? That was a fan fiction. Okay. 
You're right. I uh, got. I got to. I got to stay off of. I think. Ao3. I think that their story was that he was like her consort, but you know, it. That's just kind of like what they said because they were conspirating together. It's it's easier Not to keep track. Necessarily consummating of, with each other. It's easier to keep track of things when the people involved aren't actually in. Like Wittadin, that one's easy. That's not. <laughs> yeah, I I think Wit would be. I, I think Wit would be absolutely uh, willing to do that, but Yasna is confirmed asexual. Okay, uh, Dave, you got anything else? Nope. Okay, then we should not have a date. All right. Well. Okay. Tell him to leave then. Bye, Dave. Okay. Bye, Dave. Bye. Dave is gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. And then give myself a few seconds to actually clip in. Because I wonder what they talk about when I'm not on the show. I have this tendency to talk immediately after play the thing where I need to put a pre-recorded thing in and i make it so much harder on myself than i yeah you do so craig got up i don't know where he's going or when he's coming back i didn't even see him leave you want to talk about tress or do we do we have stuff for for the book that we actually read what's in that bag what is in that bag i i legitimately don't know (laughs) i don't know i i bet if we looked on the copper mind it would tell us it might i don't want to do that here i'll do it i'll do it right now while you wait for craig here we go. Google Cop. Can you imagine how much fun this to be able to watch this happen? Everything's live? going super slow. There's no one in here currently. Like there could be. Four chapter summaries. Oh, apparently it's a mystery. I only just got the chapter summaries open. I just did a Google search of what did Marais give to Rabonial, and yeah, no one knows. Apparently. Because <laughs> I don't think the copper mind says anything about that part anyway. Yeah, Craig abandoned us. We're re- yeah, Craig just straight up left. Yeah, we're recording with webcams on, and we're just looking at Craig's empty chair. Uh, so should we talk about Tress then? Because sure. I don't really have anything else. Yeah. Um, Rhythm of War. Nor do I. Um, I still don't remember a lot of stuff from Rhythm of War. Like, yeah, we're more than halfway through the book, and I don't remember a lot of what happens from here on out. This is this is like a first read again, which mm-hmm. is nice. Yeah, it's because you uh, went so fast the first time. But uh, yeah, let's talk about Tress, actually. So I thought the book was super cute. So uh, listeners, I have finished the book um, and it had a happy ending and I loved it and it was adorable and um, parts of it were a little bit predictable. Uh, like I called the rat thing like in the scene where the rat is introduced. So that was not a surprise for me. Um, but the, um, what would you say? The parameters of the curse um, and how it was broken. Um, that that was cute. And I enjoyed that. And um, also the when they get to the sorceress's realm and uh, it's just straight up a spaceship and she's like over there just chilling on her laptop and playing solitaire that got a laugh and out of me she has she has like awakened robot guards yes yeah and uh she tells them to do things and they they respond with as you wish <laughs> which was a nice 
That was a nice uh, touch right there. And okay, Craig's Craig, back. Craig, don't talk about anything. Okay. Don't let him know what we were talking about. Nope. It's a secret. <sighs> Sorry, guys. Been talking about him. Had a daughter breakdown. Oh, no. Had to go resolve it. Oh, no. Good poor baby. It's a little bit weird, guys, that sometimes she seems to prefer me over Betty, uh, my wife, whose name is not Betty. <laughs> nope. Craig, Craig, if she listened to our show, you would be murdered a million <laughs> times over. Yeah. She actually doesn't. I've turned name on stream. But yeah, it's just, it, it's weird because, you know, for like the first year or two of her life, it's always my wife that she prefers. And every now and then she comes to me now. Well, that's, that's good. Get, roll with that. <laughs> All right, uh, so what were we talking about? We weren't. Uh, how yeah, how no. wrong was Dave? How wrong was Dave? Theta uh, car. Well, he spent Celsier. 20 minutes listing medals oh, before right. not landing on the right one. Kelsier. Theta I don't know how you get Theta car from Kelsier. Right. But I guess it, you have different syllables, and we've seen that before with the Demo's name. Uh, but Demo is like fairly close. Like if if you like say the whatever the heck name he got in the book, if you say it out loud, you could sort of hear Demo. But saying Theta Car out loud, I do not hear Kelsier. But I also pronounce everything wrong. So is this one of those Lord of the Rings situations where one character has like a dozen names depending on which culture or language is talking about them? Mm. I mean, uh, Vasher is our prime example here. Like. None of his alternative names sound anything like Vasher. Yeah, but that's intentional. He's just, like, given a separate name. Okay. Like, oh, you're now Peacegiver, and oh, you're now Warbreaker. Kelsier anyway. probably isn't trying to, like, announce that he's the Kelsier. Mm-hmm. True. So, Thydekar. It probably means something. Uh, anyway, uh, I'll, I'll do quick bullet points uh, for Rhythm of War. We had already started on Tress, secretly. No, let's go back to Rhythm of War. It's fine. Because we didn't didn't think of anything else to talk about with Rhythm of War, which, hey, real quick, uh, we looked it up and there's no answer. What was in that pouch, Craig? Dude. Just best guess. Uh, so, I mean, we do see the chains, like, their reference. For, from what I recall, like, it's something that isn't native to Roshar and isn't necessarily useful on Roshar. But it's something Cosmere related. It, do you think it could be a battery? Could it be like concentrated Aeon door? Well, it clinked. Ooh. Oh, true. Is it the chain that's mentioned in the? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. So chain. what? What was? I don't remember a silver chain. I I thought it was talking about how you can grow more sand bacteria from Taldane by chaining it with a seed. Oh, I thought there was a physical silver chain. Yeah, that they came from. They mentioned a chain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right, That's then. what I sort of thought it might have been. Apparently, I shouldn't read this while I'm having horrible intestinal distress. Yeah, I can see how that would be a little distracting. Um, I am probably wrong, but I'm thinking maybe aluminum, like just a buttload of like aluminum coins. Basically, they already have aluminum, though. They don't have. They don't have good aluminum. They don't have like a manufacturing capability of making aluminum. Do they have aluminum, they have- or is it aluminium? Oh gosh. Well, they don't have Raukal. They have a little bit of Raukalist, but it has to be natural. They don't have. They don't have electricity. electricity. Like I would assume that it's a little more common because High Storm to be dropping lightning bolts on a lot more places. But I mean, they then, definitely, they definitely don't have a way to make a lot of aluminum. Yeah. From everything they've talked about to Navani, even. But so I don't. I don't know. What if? What if Mraze's thing was just like, hey, here's a big bag of highly aluminum. 
and this is just the first of many. We can we can off we can ship this to you pretty easily. I don't know. I feel like you'd have to show a lot more than a pouchful to like be impressed with it. Like if you came by and get, gave like a a giant like shipping crate full of aluminum, that would be impressive. That would be like I don't know how where you got this, but this is amazing. Well, who's carrying that up to the top of a tower, Craig? Well, not Marazy. <laughs> Clearly not Marazy. He's got a bird. <laughs> uh. So bullet points. Right, okay. Bullet points. Uh, sixty-one. So the sad news, guys, is that I have a lot of bullet points for sixty-four because I want to talk about Yasna's shard plate. No, oh, no. So I bullet point everything that reference it, so we can actually get through it quick. Anyway, sixty-one. Most of that, including the tower's protections against views, had ended around the recreants. So just marking that something else has changed around the recreants. Although that's sort of when the sibling stopped being able to make tower like sense. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm leaning more toward um, whatever whatever Malishi just straight up Roshar's all three the tone. Yeah, and then it's basically a chasm line. Like Honor died putting his back. Cultivation put oh. hers back because she wasn't under strain, and then they had to wait for Odium to come back his back. To finally get access to Void Light. Yeah. It's an interesting theory. I mean, I like it for like what it means for Honor. Because definitely, he died like shortly after Recreants. We know that. But it it's not necessarily getting it back. But it's like they had to readjust. So it is it is like the Chasm line. It's like you have to adjust to be able to like find the way to get the path to Investor again. And they were able to do that with the individual lights, but the sibling used the combination of Stormlight and Lifelight to make its tower light, and it it didn't have a way of like knowing how to access the form of it, of those two. The the sibling would have needed, I think, a new bonds to to recalibrate. Mm, okay. Is my current rough back of the napkin theory? We'll we'll see how wrong I am with the next book. Alright. Um some fuse do keep the blades we capture, Rabonial said. The ones who enjoy the pain. Does that mean just legit the fuse can hear the screaming spren? That's what it sounded like to me. Okay. Which is why Moash is so impressive to because he silenced. Mm, the one who silences. Uh, Navadi stared at the tower light sphere, and she felt compelled to correct one thing. Oil and water aren't opposites. Of course they are, Rabonial said. This is a central tenet of philosophy. They cannot mix, but must remain ever separated. And of course there's a whole science experiment that's shown that like yeah they can mix if you have a way to do so and i just wanted to highlight it because you really see the difference of essentially what four thousand years of of scientific progress has done because it's like you don't just make assumptions like yeah this is just a central tent tenant of philosophy it's like well check your assumptions here which navani does maybe this is just proof that navani is the scholar and she's just got to accept it because guys Gavilar's. Yes. No, Gavilar sucks. We Gavilar's everything. I don't. What, he's all the things to me, man. He he's he's up there with like the worst character in the cosmos. Oh, I'm gonna hate when he comes back as a cognitive shadow. Uh. <laughs> or it's gonna be good when Dalinar punches his face in. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so when Craig is streaming, he makes excellent Craig noise. Tori, you just made a really really good Tori noise. <laughs> I want to I point that out and, and be like, yeah. We actually get Tory to noise. hear the Tory noises now. Ah, only improvements. Okay. Explain much, the sibling said. For me, it all simply worked. A human child can breathe, so I used to make news light. And then the tones went away, and then the light left. So I, I did want to highlight. So it, it legit could not hear the 
raw tones, sort of like we... Um, I did highlight in chapter 62 that Venli was humming to Joy, only the beat was off somehow, faster, more violent. And this, I think, is because she's doing the rhythm of War Joy, whatever the heck it's called. The Odium version of Joy. Is is Ulam in her gem heart at this point? I think so. Or is so. he still, like, just hanging out doing stuff. i think he's in the gem heart at this point because i know he did a little bit of, or a lot of hanging out and i think a little mm-hmm. i think in the beginning he's um so in chapter 63 breeding projects were creating livestock with larger and larger ruby gem hearts and fabriol creation methods were spreading it seemed every third room had a heating fabriol these days and spannery for cheap um i mean the, the the main reason i highlighted this is because i'm thinking about what the sibling hates and there's a lot of, of fabrials that exist now, especially ones that Navani was sort of the cause of. And and these are things that the sibling is not going to love. The, the sibling is your old-fashioned aunt who insists that your cell phone, you turn your cell phone off before you sit down to dinner. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think it's a bit more than that because these sprint are legit feeling pain. And it's sort of like, oh, they can experience pain? I had no idea. Okay, but if your cell phone could experience pain, would you stop tooling around <laughs> on it at a, while you're waiting for your food at a restaurant? Yes. Craig, Craig, <laughs> this is a safe place. You don't have to lie to us, all right? <laughs> uh, okay, and then Navani explaining, you shouldn't have to worry about the void light and the gemstones running out through practice. Conjoined rubies don't use much energy to maintain their connection. So uh, I just wanted to highlight what is actually happening because the... The void light slash storm light, depending on what the, the rubies are, all that's being powered is the connection between the two. The fact that if you move one in one area in the physical realm, it will move the other in the physical. It's that That's the only thing that's being transferred. The actual weight, like how much a thing weighs or how much force is applied, that's all like sort of one to one. So if you, if you apply so much pressure, oh sorry, so much force on one object, uh, one ruby, it will apply that to the other so that doesn't ha- require extra stormlight to do the only thing that stormlight is doing is just the, the actual movement and you have to do the energy to actually move the object and it seems like void light is a- hmm. definitely for the fused they don't yep. use up their storm by by doing for the most that's true they do seem to immerse themselves more like heavenly ones just sort of chill up in the sky a very long period of time like presumably heavenly ones could like lash them so faster and use up void light but just negating gravity and floating out at movement speed seems seems to not actually charge them yeah i'll have to keep an eye on that all right so now we got the big chapter 64 uh i mean i did highlight about the sand originating off world i'm not really going to go over that oh yes actually no i do want to go over this because i want to read the actual epigraph uh because this is where i think it's a chain the sand originated off world it is only one of such amazing wonders that came from other lands i have recently obtained a chain from the lands of the dead said to be able to anchor a person through cognitive and anomalies i think that's what was in the pouch interesting but what is that so it anchors a person cognitive i don't think i know what that means so it, it would be forming a connection and it sounds like you can use something like that to like travel through the cognitive realm between different planets because you need to be able to anchor yourself. I don't know. But when, when they talk about lands of the dead and the chain, that makes me think silver. And we know silver is used for the Luhal, or however you say that word, bond uh, from from Tress. Like we Tori? learned about that. The Luwal bond? The Luwal? You, you audiobook Tress, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. that That's just top of my head is what i'm thinking 
Okay, so I'm, I'm going to just read a bunch of the Yasna shard plate ones, and we can, like, pick it up. We can just quickly say about it. I don't want to spend too much time. Even the soldiers seemed confused as they parted, letting her stride forward amongst them in her shard plate. So, real quick, this is the first time we finally see her shard plate. And Dave had no reaction out of any of this because he doesn't think shard plate is special. So, cool. Um, she had ordered her plate to intentionally dull its light so it looked like that of an ordinary shard bearer. So, one, we know her shard plate glows. It's all shiny. Oh, I just wanted to highlight Ivory being pretty, pretty cool. This is less effective, Ivory said to her. Our other powers are. Use them? She's like, no. She Dude, totally Ivory, should. Ivory I agree is the too. best. Ivory is so good here. She should just be blasting everything, turning everything into oil and stuff and fire. Like, come on. She is a, like, wizard source. Actually, probably closer to a sorcerer than a wizard. But... She's, like, high level. You don't send them, your high-level mage, into melee. Like, come on. What are you doing? Yasna, you know better. She's off her game. I don't understand. Anyway, fused with the surge of progression, which let them grow carapace. Carapace? What? Carapace? Carapace. Yep. Oh, yeah. With extreme precision and speed. Um, progression is the same one that Lift gets access to. It's growth. Growth and regrowth. So we... Team Radiant uses it for healing. Team Fuse use it to grow lots of spikes and crystal other stuff. Well, it makes shell. A shell, yes. All right. Cracking the plate. So this is when she was hit. Uh, the helm howled in pain and annoyance, then lapped up her stormlight to repair itself. I don't know why Dave didn't notice this. The helm legit, like, reacted to her taking a blow. Like, it actually howled in pain. We don't know what her sharp plate is made out of, do we? Spren. I just, I just shook my head no, <laughs> like you could hear that in a podcast. <laughs> um, draining the stormlight from the gemstones at her waist, she gave it a single command, change. No begging as she tried when younger, only firmness. I just wanted to highlight, this is her storm casting. Oh, she also like checked in with some with another thing earlier, like some rocks or something. Yes, she's like, and like can we do that? And like, no, they're, they're too set they're in happy. ways. But the air, yeah, the air will totally change. Her honor guard knew to withdraw that sign, coughing and stumbling as they stepped back from the fight around her in a 10-yard circle. See, I love how the, so the sign is, oh, now we can't breathe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, better back At least they know that she's doing something, and it's, when, they're not completely caught off guard. When your lungs fill with highly flammable oil, uh, step back. Also, try to cough that out. It's probably not great for you. <laughs> okay, look. In defense of Yasna a little bit, it sounds like there were some precautions made. I mean, she was never in danger. She had an escape route. She could, like, go into Shadesmar if she needs to. Uh, she could heal pretty much any kind of, of blow done to her. I don't think she necessarily factored in her honor guard, which she definitely gets yelled at later on. That, hey, you're putting other people into danger. Like, Wit, actually, about that. But I feel like she did want it. This is another, I need to present myself as an Alethi queen and and have to get in there to sort of explore the thing. And and we've seen her do something like this before. I, I mean, I, I, mean, I agree, Mike. I think this is stupid. But there are reasons. Oh, no, no. We get all of her justification. I don't think it matters. I think this is a dumb thing. And I think Ivory is the best character in the scene. Because he agrees with me. <laughs> anyway, important note though, she casts, she changes things within a 10 yard circle around her. So that's a 10 yard radius, seems to be 
uh, the actual range of her being able to soul cast anything. Not shark cast, soul cast. And also she casts fireball. Yeah, that too. Uh, her yard radius, which is 30 her feet, which is the spell radius for fireball in D&D. Her helm, transparent as glass from the inside, started to get covered in soot. So I, I think we see this in, in uh, Kaladin's later on that you sort of see through. Um, okay. And then they talk about the sleep. Pretty much it for all I have. So yeah, that's her shard plate. And we still don't fully know what it does. I suspect it lets her get into Shadesmar without using any uh, investiture. So she doesn't have to spend any. She just can slip into it. I felt like there was an indication that might be the case. Like if she ran out of Stormlight, she could still get into Shadesmar. But that's just my best guess. I know nothing other than it's transparent. It glows unless she tells it not to. And it's made of spren. She should have some way. Go to Shadesmar, move really fast, and bamf back in to the realm. Because we we see the pursuer do that, and right? That's his. He's using a version of her power. I don't know. I also don't know. Yeah, but I'm going to okay. keep an eye on it. I'm going to highlight this stuff. Sure. Because we're going to figure it out. We we, we got to know by next book. It's, we're just going to be told straight up. But if we can figure it out, man, that will be fun. So what's next? That's all I have for this book. Okay. Okay. Let's finish off your um, bullet points from Tress. Uh, I have a lot, so I don't think we have time for that, but if there's anything you want to discuss about Tress... And- I've, I've sat on. Yeah. Also, I'm really hungry, so let's finish this up. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. All right. Bye, everybody. Good night, oh, Internet. Bye, Internet. <laughs> I... This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast, or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.